Hello and welcome to the Cup of Coffee podcast with me, your host, Tom Dillon. This is usually recorded live at our weekly online meeting and broadcast around the world. However, I was honoured to be asked to host the pain-free property event with various special guests on the 10th of July, 2021, and I'm delighted to share one of the highlights with you here. Enjoy. Steve, uh, Steve Burke, with over a, a, a decade's experience of investing, sourcing, refurbishing and managing properties, Steve is known as one of the most sought-after guardians of your bricks and mortar assets. Through his property management business, Fox Dog, Fox Dog Properties, he cares for your properties as if they were his own. He stands for fairness, honesty and integrity in a world of mediocre management. He champions quality and sustainability. Hello, Steve. Hello, Tom. How are we doing? Good morning. Very well, indeed. I understand you've got a cat infestation. Would it be your badge for the day? Oh, no so. I fed him up, milked him up, then they both collapsed. Right, so if Steve's speaking a bit quietly, it's because he doesn't want to, literally doesn't want to wake the cat. No, but um, it, it, uh, to be clear, he's not speaking quietly. The levels are great, and uh, Toby's doing a good job. So thank you, Toby, everyone's favourite um, tank engine. Um, and, and let's crack on. So uh, I'm going to, I think the, the way I thought I'd do this was sort of play devil's advocate a bit, and then um, and then perhaps uh, you can tell us some stories. So um because uh, I, I, I've got a fascination, those who know, uh, who've followed me for a while will know that I, one of my first talks I did was called Property Disasters. People love a disaster, you know, nothing travels faster than, what is it, uh, bad news is halfway around the world before good news has got it, the truth has got its trousers. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but everyone gets what I'm, I'm talking about. So, um, so, so bad news is always popular. And of course, there's a way to deal with bad news, which we'll cover. But, um, uh, but I sort of thought I'd start by saying, um, uh, like, to t- go through a tenant journey, I guess. So, with regards, um, uh, let's imagine we've got a, a new property, and obviously, in your role at the moment, that's that's kind of um, what you help people to do is is to fill properties and then manage them manage them on their behalf. So, and, and I've 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 been this landlord in the past, and I'm sure there's some people in here have either been in the past or, or thought about doing it. Which is well, you know, tenant referencing that takes a long time. Uh, you know, maybe this isn't worth bothering with. Um, uh, it, it's not it's not a proper job anyway. Like they don't get the full information anyway, so why bother? I, I, ideally, I'd get the money today, and I I'd have to wait till next week for the references to be back, and they're they're pushing me to to, to move in quicker. So so why should I wait? Um, well, I understand there's uh, you, you've had some experiences that uh, suggest maybe it's a good idea to get the references in properly. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I think very often for the owners, I suppose it's, especially if it's on the back end of the renovations and a lot of cash going in, mm. and they're sort of just keen to get some bums on seats, I suppose. Um, and I think maybe if you're just managing one property, you've just got your own, very often it does seem like you never come across the bad ones because yeah. you know, you, you, not everybody's a bad person. But the problem is once you start scaling things up or if you do it long enough, you will inevitably come across sort of problem tenants. So we, we, we've had um, everything from totally fraudulent applications. Um, we've had international currency traders who were clearly kind of making things up. Um, and we don't know who they were, but they weren't who they were claiming they were. Um, through to people who have just got a, a trail of debt behind them. So I, th- I think, yeah, the referencing, very important, and it needs to be for it as well. I mean, there's companies out there who are offering to do referencing for a five or something crazy, and you've got to ask yourself, what can they actually do for that? It takes us quite a long time to reference someone. We've got a dedicated uh, team, effect- effectively, and they're picking over and sort of scrutinising the data that we're provided with. And the plus point of that is, I think, the national average for sort of problem tenants of whatever nature is something it's all really quite surprisingly high. Um, whereas for us, next to nothing in terms of uh, issues that we get, that we do have some good stories. Yeah, right. Um, so <clears throat> on, on the on the rare occasions that you 
you do have uh, maybe you, you do have problems um uh I, I guess i guess some of them you probably spot and some of them get through sort of get through the get through the net do they yeah i mean we, we've had sort of fake landlord references so so the ones that we would spot you know there's, there's a limit to what you can do ultimately all you can do is reduce your likelihood and i think for us a big issue is reducing the likelihood of things like cannabis farms and things like that going on. We, we know guys locally who have been hit repeatedly. And it's almost like, you know, you hear these people where if you answer the phone to a charity, all the charities get your number. It's almost like his numbers around all the local cannabis farmers. And he's kind of, I know the guys have like three or four major farms in, in like grows on in properties this year. So much so that he actually presented himself at the police station uh, to go and say, I'm honestly not involved because he was starting to think that, that, you know, they were probably going to come for him. Um, We've had guys sending us um, where everything is sort of checked out or we're at a point where we're probably about to offer them the property. And then we've got a reference, which one of my sort of secondary hobby jobs is I, I'm the English language editor for the Polish Navy's Naval Journal. <clears throat> well, I'm not expecting to say that. So, well, so, so I can get the patterns and how, and the, the, the flaws that Eastern Europeans would typically make. Right. As I was reading this uh, review from um, a chap called, I suppose I shouldn't use his proper name, but a very, very English name, or one that suggested a kind of an older gentleman to me. As I was reading it, I realised I was reading it in a Polish voice inside my head. Um, and it was clear that it was completely and utterly fraudulent. And we managed to track the guy down by, basically we ended up, I searched the property where the guy told us he was coming from. I found it was a HMO that was listed on the Wigan HMO register. Hmm. The chap who owned it owned numerous properties, and I thought, well, what do numerous HMO owners have? They have empty rooms, don't they? So I thought, well, if I was a HMO owner, where would I advertise? I thought, well, it's going to be spare room, isn't it? So I went to the spare room, very quickly tracked the chap down, um, phoned him, and it was completely fraudulent. And I gave him the phone number that, that the reference had come through, because some people will be very evasive, even landlords are evasive, like they're not really interested in providing the reference. We always try and make an effort, because we think it's like a team effort isn't it if we're all sharing that information it's harder for the rogues to get in and if we're all kind of being honest with the information it's harder for the rogues to get in um so yeah so we we kind of identified that guy um that way we had another guy who was providing international references which were coming in from we think he was up some kind of fraud but but we never quite figured out what um and that involved fake websites it involved a company in Germany but my brother's German so I was able to reference the company in Germany and he phoned, I didn't give him any information I just said can you reference this company for me and he come back and said it's like a fraudulent company what are you doing there's something really dodgy about them we never got to the bottom of what the chat was doing what you'll find is when you start asking difficult questions certain percentage of people will leave as well like the real problem people, they just go away so we always make a point on viewings I always say people want to thoroughly reference you you know, and if it's HMO guys, we obviously do sing family homes as well, so single less as well. But we say, look, we're going to thoroughly reference you. That the great thing if you're in HMO is that means all the people with you are thoroughly referenced, so you know you're living with decent people. Mm. And you'll see people like their face changes. You get okay. You know, we had a guy last last week. I was at a property in Northwich, which we're um, currently marketing. And everything's fine. We always ask them beforehand, how's your credit? Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. The advert says you need good credit. Yeah, 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 it's all good. Get to the house, yeah, 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 it's all great. And then we talked about them paying us a holding deposit. And I remind them about the credit, to which the chap says, hmm, I, I might, oh, I'm not sure now. Maybe I did have a HMO, a HMO. Maybe I did have a, 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 a CCJ. It's like, well, did you or, or didn't you? I think I did. 
And so we get a lot of that, and the, the, the problems just go away. The problems just go away. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, well, uh, in the rare occasions when they don't, what about guarantors? Get myself a guarantor in. Um, that's sorted out, wouldn't it? Uh, yes and no. I mean, the problem is the less you're going to take that insurance on the guarantor. Um, Sharon does all the reference and all the legal side, but obviously I, I see all this going on. Unless yeah. you're going to take out insurance on the guarantor, unless you're going to take out like rent protection insurance, you then also still have the problem that if the the the, uh, the tenant defaults, you've got to pursue the guarantor. And we, we certainly know that at least one person who we referenced a, a tenant for them, we advise them not to take the tenant. They took the tenant, they took a guarantor, we advised them that the guarantor wasn't great and that they should. If they qualified for rent protection insurance, they should take rent protection insurance. They're now in a position where the tenants defaulted and the guarantors basically said, I'm not paying you. Like, Absolutely, I'm not paying you. So he's sort of back at the same position of having to pursue someone for the debt. Doesn't really help. Yeah, yeah well, all right. Well, that's not so great then. Um, uh, what about, I mean, I used to get confused. I think I've now nailed it. But there's a difference, isn't there, between uh, credit checks and reference checks. And if someone comes, comes back clear on a credit check, you might think, well, we've got clear credit. Don't need to do these reference checks. Uh, reference checks, of course, which just for everyone else's benefit, for any new new people in the room, is um, obviously credit check is checking their credit, how, how good they are at managing money. And that tends to be done through banks and financial institutions. Reference checks more of a, um, a sort of human check with previous landlords, previous employers to, uh, to, uh, to, 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 you know, to, to find out they're good people. Although sometimes you can, people say referencing and they, they, they bundle it all together, don't they? So different people can mean different things. But either way, if I get a clear, in my case, if I get a clear credit check, is that good enough to then... Could I then skip these reference checks, do you think? No. Because oh. um, I mean, the, the problem is we, we've had situations with tenants where we've done the credit reference on them, um, but we subsequently discovered years later that they had credit problems because it takes time for credit to hit hit you. Right. We, we, we've referenced people who've checked out. Their references have all come back great. And then we found out that they had probably about 20 grand of debt when we referenced them mm. by owed to multiple people, none of them had, had, had pushed for a CCJ. So one of the things we would always do with someone who defaults on the rent is make sure they get a CCJ because it's only fair. It doesn't cost that much to get a CCJ uh, pinned on people. Um, it does increase your likelihood of getting something back. We have had people where we put CC we've got a lady who, who we referenced where mum and dad covered for her. Um, so she, she told everyone that she told us that uh, she was caring for a mother who'd had a stroke. It turns out to be a completely made up story and covering for a, like a shady background. And so there is a limit as to what you can do on referencing. Um, but you will get people where we've contacted employers and the, the employer says, well, they got a job with us, but they never turned up. You know, right. so they've got, had a letter saying so-and-so works at Amazon or wherever. And when we contacted them, they went, yeah, yeah, but they never turned up for their first shift. They, like they were sat the following day, basically. Um, landlords, sometimes people are too gushing, so sometimes you've got to read between the lines. You know, when somebody, what, what we see is when we ask a landlord for a reference, everyone's busy, so people don't spend the time giving you like really long answers. It's yes, no. Occasionally it's like, oh, they're fantastic, such a lovely person, you'll definitely pay you. You're a bit kind of mm, not sure on that. We will usually go back more than one landlord as well. Okay, I think probably most referencing agencies would do that. So you'd go back and get the landlord before the current landlord because very often if you've got a problem tenant, some people don't want to stand in their way to get rid of them. Mm, yeah. yeah, things as well. Sometimes if mum and dad have refused to be guaranteed, perhaps you might, because they say, oh, they'll say they're not a homeowner, you might run a land register check. Because sometimes mum and dad are the homeowner. And if they're not wanting to be guarantor for son or daughter can be that they know there's a bit of a track record 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so um, so so yeah, okay. Well, I've tried various shortcuts here, people, and nothing's been working. So it strikes me maybe you actually need to do the checks. Um, and it, just finally on sort of that. Well, let's, let's do right to rent stuff first. So when um, again, most of people know, but then obviously once you've done the referencing, if you decide to take the person on, then well, actually before you decide to take the person on, one final thing you've got to do is is do a right to rent check to make sure they've got a right to rent. Um, but that's kind of uh, easily missed. Uh, but I think you've got a, a story. I mean, Steve, about what happens when you well not easily miss it but uh when it's um, yeah. one, one, one downside of maybe you know i, I think the, the the right to rent it is something quite a lot of people don't do and don't value and probably mm. you know we'll all be presented with somebody who's sort of clearly white english and you'll look and say okay they're obviously from warrants from manchester wherever this is your base and so you might not be inclined to do that and it can be quite hard with some people because especially if they're local english they very often don't have any ID. You know, we have people turn up with birth certificates and things like that because they've never been a holiday and they don't drive. Depends on the demographic you're in, so they don't have a passport or a driving license. Mm. Um, but we've had situations where, in one instance, there was property we took on, and we took it on Baku, um, and we were, of course, we would always report it, and we would always reference everyone, and we always carry out the right to reside and document all of that. Um, but the way that you can come unstuck, I think people think. I'm never going to get that sort of illegal person in. The way you can come unstuck is we've had one day we took a phone call from UK Border Force. Well, actually from a client in Hong Kong who shouted down the phone, UK Border Force outside the front door and about to break it down. And this is a beautiful old Edwardian building with, I'm guessing, a couple of grand's worth of front door. It kind of looks like it was going to be expensive to replace. And of course, they don't need to pay you to replace that. If UK Border Force break it down, please bust it down to your cost. And um, she just happened to mention one guy during the phone call, which was Mike Matthews, who's a local housing officer I knew and had his direct down mobile. And I phoned him and said, don't break the door down, because the UK border force had said to her, if you're not here within like half an hour of the key, we're basically going in. And uh, I phoned the guy, and the first words out of his mouth, he went, oh my God, he said, what are you doing tied up with these guys? And I said, tied up with who? We took the house on empty, vacant. And we were able to sort of chat with him, you know, and assure him that, that everything was fine. But of course, the UK border force en- entered, and you've got one guy there who's not done the right to reside. He doesn't have the, you know, he might even have a right to reside. It could be UK national, but just not done taking copies of the passport uh, and documented that. We've had situations where neighbours have accused us of running illegal HMOs in, in terrorist houses, which of course isn't something we would ever do because. We're HMO landlords, so why would we do that in a single lease? It's absolutely something we wouldn't do. The very first thing that, that the point of contact from the local housing officer was given we want we wanted a full release of all the documentation, including copies of the rights reside checks that we've done. So there are repercussions for not doing it, there are fines and penalties for not doing it. So and you don't really look at egg on your face as well. So it, it's something that you need to be thorough doing. We've also had situations where um, we've also had situations where uh, we've had people who have been involved in people smuggling. So we took a lady last year where we did reference and we did have her ID, but we ended up involved with the hidden hand team. And it turns out she, we think she'd been sex trafficked from Estonia, which is apparently quite a big thing at the minute. Estonia is, I think, is like the centre of it at the minute. Um, you know, and so all of a sudden involved in that and there's police involvement. So it is really important that, that you're doing everything right and taking all the data, uh, taking all the public data and documents and that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, to, to sort of round out the, the sort of pre-tenancy section, I suppose the thing I've 
learned over the years is that, well, that's the easiest time to catch any problems. Um, it's not perfect. Nothing's perfect in, in property, is it? But it's a good, really good time to catch to catch the problems and, and a really important stage to get it right because after that, they're sort of in your house and that's or, or room and that's that's great. That's where you want people, of course, but um, but then it's perhaps more difficult. Um, well, what we've tended to find is the referencing we, we probably do catch most people. I yeah, think sure. People we end up with issues with generally people where they have some kind of life event and their situation changes mm. or their mental health changes. So we, you know we've got we deal with guy at the minute where in the course of the two years of doing this has been fine, but there's obviously been some kind of event gone on this year. Maybe it's COVID. You know some people have struggled mentally and psychologically with that. Mm. Maybe that's impacted them. Don't know. Um, but yeah, typically the stuff we get is people's personal situation changing in tenancy. Yeah, right. Well, speaking of uh, joining the tenancy, so um, let's let's have a quick chat about some of the issues that you have, um, you know, joining the tenancy. I, I, when I first started in property, one of the first things I ever, any, I was speaking to a more experienced landlord and he said, you're not a proper landlord until someone's nicked a boiler. Um, <laughs> that always stuck with me. And I'm pleased to say I'm now a proper landlord uh, for someone who's nicked a boiler. I'll be only one and uh, it was knackered anyway. So uh, <laughs> I'm only half a landlord, but um, I imagine you've got some uh, horror stories is the wrong word. We're not trying to scare people here. We're trying to obviously avoid these, but um, some problems that you might have had with some tenancies. Can you run us through a couple? Yeah, um, so, so our problems tend to be problems with the neighbours. I think the thing that you realise when you get involved sort of a cold base of, of property management is that people are mental. Mm. Just vast percentages of people just nuts. Yeah. For us, the referencing is, like, generally speaking, you, usually to me, he does a viewing, so it needs to be somebody who I like. I need to work with people who I like, be they like the landlords or, 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 or the tenants who are in the houses. So usually I will have sort of hit it off with them at the beginning anyway, and they won't be too weird. You know, everyone's on the spectrum. I get that. I'm probably a bit odd as well, but they won't be kind of too crazy or too odd. The problem, the thing that you can't control is the neighbours. Um, and without, over the years, in fact, in fact, Sharon and I come up with a list of the topics that we could potentially talk about on, on this day. We did it on a car journey where we sort of said, oh, we'll just come up with a couple of ideas for Tom. And actually, she filled about five sheets of A4. And we were both like, oh, God, we forgot about that. I mean, everything from a neighbour in Terry's house keeping a massive pig in the backyard. You know, we, we had um, people hoarding rubbish. So, so we took HMO on recently. And the owner hadn't noticed. I went in the backyard and there was bin bags five feet deep across the whole backyard. And of course, at the minute, we had a lot of issues with rats and things like that. So you can control, the, you know, your own little world. But if the neighbours have got rats and they're not dealing with it, then you sort of got a problem. We've had complaints from neighbours about our tenants being, uh, the term was something like overly, overly active with light switches or something, or pressing their light, activating their light switches too hardly and asked if we could ask the tenants to use light switches more gently, which I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how you, how you do that. Um, we've had threats of violence from neighbours. Um, we've had vandalism to houses. So one, when we very first got into property, um, we bought the house. It was fine. I went back the following day. And there's a hole in the front door. So I went back the following day and the letterbox had gone. So I went back the following day and I kind of turned the lights out and hid. And then somebody threw eggs at the window and I went running out. And it was a teenage boy from next door. It was like 15 or something. And I knocked on, and his mum said, I wonder where he's going with those bo that box of eggs. Yeah. And I said, well, <laughs> His cooking school's finished. <laughs> she said, yes, he does. I said, did he smash a hole in my front door? She went, there was a bang in there. Yeah, I think it was him. And you're just like, wow, could you please have a word, you know? Because <laughs> people change. We had people throw in concrete. We had a concrete slab thrown through an upstairs window. Um, and it turned to be like... person. There was what, sorry? 
That's a strong person doing that. No, she was kind of like this. It was a little tiny woman, it turned out. And oh. and actually like Eastern Europeans. So the first guys that we weren't quite sure what had happened, but I could see the way it ricocheted off and it was obvious. It happened. The lady said she saw somebody throw from the bottom of the garden, but the garden was like 40 feet long. And I don't think we've ever tried to throw a concrete slab. I'm like, you're not going to hit a window from 40 feet away. So the next, it, she, a couple of weeks later, a couple of months later, it happened again. And this time they caught her. Um, and so yeah, and she went ballistic. She, she threatened. To, the big lesson here was our business used to be registered at our home address. And all of a sudden, we were getting phones from multiple phones, all simultaneously, all with the same lady, all threatening to come first thing in the morning and, and basically smash our house up and kind of commit violent acts on me. Um, we've had tenants turn up um, during evictions. Um, sorry, so sticking with sticking with neighbours. Um, We've had mistaken identity. We had a situation where we had a brick. We get surprised number of bricks put through windows in the management house. But I'd like big tip: don't leave any rubble in the front garden. I don't get why people do it. We yet to see a house where someone leaves a brick in the front garden where the windows don't get put through. Um, but we we had a situation of one of our properties where the window was getting put through several times, um, and also whatever cows parts outside was getting paint thrown over it. And we figured that some we we heard from one of the neighbours that. A guy who lived in the HMO next door had been involved with like a local gang or something and he'd had to leave town and we realised that they thought he was living in our house. You know, and in that instance, we would put a sign in the window of a little secret camera and we'd put a sign in the window saying, whoever's targeting the house, please know this chap doesn't live here, call Simon. And we had like a disposable phone. And of course, one day the phone rung and a chap says, is that Simon? And I said, it is. You kind of like steal yourself, buddy. What's going to happen? And he said, "Okay," and hung up, and that was it. We were done. Never happened again. They were obviously just sussing me out, making sure I wasn't the chap that they were looking for, who was like a Czech or Slovak guy. Yeah, I, I had one where um, we had a, a, a paedophile was found and sort of kicked out of his house next door to the guy, one of my tenants. Tenants, and um, this is again, he's my tenants again, his fifties, and so it's just a case of mistaken identity, and they, you know, they were threatening to do all sorts to him, and so we had to sort of sort that out. So yeah, mistaken identity can be a big one. Um, Before we move on, the craziest one that we've had was a guy phoned us one time. We back when we were doing it, like um, we were doing a lot of renovation work ourselves, and we were sourcing, we were sourcing sort of nineteen fifties muse sort of terracy thing for, for, for one of my clients and we just finished and I guess the phone call from the guys like dropping at the mouth and it took me like five minutes to understand what his complaint was and then I had sort of summed it up and said to us am I right in thinking that your complaint is our house looks nicer than yours and he was normally I'd kind, kind of like bait someone really and wind them up because I think that's so but I was really genuinely worried guys were last time so so angry I said, so yeah, am I right in thinking that, you know, the issues that our house is nice and yours? He went, yes. And he said, I am a homeowner. And people driving past will think they are the homeowners. I said, well, that's nicer, isn't it? I said, that you've got a nice house next door because it's been abandoned for years. It's been a mess. I said, you've got this nice house. You're probably going to get nice neighbours. And he went, well, I agree with that. I said, it looks better, doesn't it? He said, yeah, yeah, I agree with that too. And I said to him, do you live to the left or to the right? And he said, I live to the left. And I said, haven't you just sold your house? He said, yes. I said, when do you move back? He said, next Friday. And I just went, oh, goodbye, and hung up on the guy. But you, know, you, can't, you can't make people happy. And I think the longer we're around property, the less I worry as well. We do our best always to kind of make it right for people. But I used to get really upset if I thought people were upset with us. I didn't like us, but I, I do realise now you just can't make everybody happy. 
They can't please everyone all the time. We're, we're, time's against us, but in the last uh, couple of minutes, just wanted to um, uh, talk perhaps about ending tendencies because you think, well, you've got, you know, you've gone through all these nice pr processes and stages, you've got your systems and processes in place, so everything goes as smoothly as you can hope. Um, but then presumably at the end of the tendency, they just give the keys back and walk away, don't they? Uh, um, we, we have a, we have various processes. We have a process called natural end to a tendency, which is exactly that one. Hi, Steve, I'd like to leave the house. What do I do? And we kind of, you know, we walk them through that and make sure they can add put notice. We, we send them some PDF documents, just telling them, because, you know, remember to clean your, your house and room, remember to take all your belongings with you. Very often people will leave stuff and not realise the cost of disposing of waste. You know, we actually use commercial disposal. Uh, disposal. But we've had situations where um, I woke up one morning to, uh, I, like most guys, I'll check my email in bed, and there's an email that come at 3 o'clock in the morning from the tenant saying, please, Steve, Please come to the house. I need to see you. And I thought, ah, it's a drunken email. It was a Friday, Saturday night. I'm not going. Delete. But I'll just ignore it to see if it comes back. And then about half an hour later, I'm driving down the road, I get a text message from one of the neighbours. Um, Steve, have you been to the house today? Because I think somebody got murdered there last night. And so I was like, oh, my God. Turned around and raced over to the house. And it turned out what happened was that one of the guys was an older gentleman, was a bit frustrated at noise, and um, I carried out a hammer attack on someone or, or more to the point on their door. Um, and in this instance, we had to ask him to leave when he very calmly explained that I shouldn't worry about any future problems because he's told the guy who's making noise that if he makes noise again, he's going to go to the kitchen, get a knife and stab him in the head. <laughs> and I kind of looked at I was using the translator because the guy didn't speak very good English. And I was kind of looking at the translation and said, how accurate is your translation? And I just saw like a little tear come down his eye as he's struggling to not laugh. Very <laughs> accurate. I was like, right, okay, okay. We've had um, we had a guy who, who was refusing to leave. He told me um, he wasn't going to pay his rent and he was going home to Bulgaria and he was going to buy cigarettes. And when he returned to the UK, he was going to sell them and make thousands of thousands of pounds with my rent money instead of me getting it. And he said, there's nothing you can do to make me pay the rent. And I thought, he's right. He's really right. I wonder what HMRC does about cigarette smuggling now. So I Googled cigarette smuggling. And the very first pop-up I got was, would you like to report someone smuggling cigarettes? And I thought, well, yes, I would. And so it asked you, do you know the guy's name? Yes, I did. Do you know, have any, can you describe him? I've got a copy of his ID because I've done the right to his ID check. I've got his passport and his passport number. I know what, what airport he's flying from, where he's flying to, when he's coming back. And so I went to see him three, four days later to remind him he still owed me rent. And he, he had a face like a fiddler, as my mum would have said. And I said, are you okay? And he says to me, you phoned the police. I, said, I didn't phone the police. He says, at the airport, they were waiting for me. And they took £3,000 of cigarettes. And I said, well, that's awful, isn't it? I said, what you do is loan me the rent, don't forget. I'll be back in a couple of days. So I comes back in a couple of days' time. And there's no sign of him. So I knocked on one of the rooms and says to the girl, do you, do you know where the guy's gone from this room? She said, oh, he's gone to Bulgaria. I said, no, no, that was last week. She said, no, no, she said, apparently all his cigarettes got taken to customs. So he's gone back. He's going to get more. I said, well, that is interesting. So I went home and I... Googled report cigarette smuggling. I couldn't quite remember the page name. <laughs> Popped up again. And of course, he got all his idea again. They got him again with another three grand's worth of cigarettes. Um, and at that point, he decided to leave. <laughs> well, that sounds like a sensible decision. Um, so, so uh, well, chose the hard way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been a, an absolute pleasure talking to you, Steve. I, I know for a fact we could carry on talking and do another bunch it's of these, um, but um, but we'll, we'll we'll leave it there for now. And I think that the the thing that people just take from me is first of all who doesn't love a story about a disaster but also how um uh you know the key thing is that without 
the correct planning, the correct documents, the correct everything in place, which obviously Steve, uh, Steve and Sharon have, that things could, could, could have been a lot worse, right, in a lot of these instances. 